0: I'm Will Hansen and welcome to the Experts in the Room podcast brought to you by Extreme Push. In this series, we chat to some of the leading minds working in the customer experience, retention and data space in some of the most competitive and fastest growing industries in the world. In this episode, Casino Royale, I spoke with head of CRM at Grace Media, Rebecca Douglas. Rebecca is a veteran CRM manager in iGaming and brings a wealth of expertise and top tips for anyone working on casino, bingo or iGaming CRM programs. We chat about how user experience is at the forefront of Grace Media's retention plans and how brands can escape the bonus spiral and drive more enjoyment to their valuable player communities. Rebecca Douglas, Head of CRM from Grace Media, you're very welcome to our podcast experts in the room. Super excited to have you on the podcast. I know we've sat on a couple of panels together before um, and had your uh, nuggets of CRM wisdom shared with us. So I'm really keen to dig into uh, what you guys at Grace are doing at the moment, um, particularly in the casino space, uh, and kind of talk about some of your customers and, and some of the work that you're doing as a head of CRM. Thanks for coming on board. No worries. Thank you for having me. Um, Rebecca, as a place to start, uh, I'd love to get just a little bit of background of your um, experience in the iGaming gaming and kind of um, gaming world. Um, and maybe just a little bit of an overview about Grace Media and the work that you're doing as head of CRM with them.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so in terms of what Grace Media is, um, so we're an gaming solution um, and a casino and bingo operator. Um, we provide services to multiple partners and multiple brands, uh, with CRM being one of them. Um, and so what our goal is is really to achieve optimal player retention um, for our partners. We do that through creating promotions, utilising games, yep content um creating and executing player communications optimized journeys um and we manage the on-site content as well so that's kind of largely what we're doing for the crm space for grace media um my experience so i've actually been with grace media um since it formed um just over three years ago um and prior to that um i had been in the gaming industry um for three years i think it's been a around six and a half years now <laughs> yes so yeah. a bit of a veteran um yeah so sort of just grown grown from you know starting as a marketing executive and you know kind of um grown through it through it that way going into brand management um of casino for a casino brand um and yeah sort of then going into this role and um, heading up the CRM for grace media for multiple brands um and multiple partners so yeah it's been a it's been a fun journey <laughs>
0: Yeah. And I think it's it speaks to um, your experience, particularly being a head of CRM at a, at a brand like Grace and the brands that you're working with. And you're exactly the type of person that I know our listeners want to get some wisdom from and some practical tool tips that can, they can maybe put into their belt. Um, so I'd love to hear about kind of your day-to-day and some of the roles that you're juggling um, as a CRM manager. I'm sure it's not all all simple and unified and it's creating workflows and stuff like that. I know you've got some big projects going on in the last 12 months. Maybe talk yeah. us through some of the stuff that you're working through.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're always working on quite a lot of projects um, outside, kind of just the, the B A U of um, yeah. you know C R M and promotions and whatnot. Um, and and lots- we
0: will and we will get into the B A U. Don't you worry. We're going to get into those weeds. I can assure you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. The last twelve months. Um. Yeah. It's been. Um. It's been a busy and um, productive year for us. Um. Re- more recently, we've um a big projects that we've had on. Um. Have been some. Uh, we've on boarded a couple of new partners and brands Um, so that's been um my a migration project a couple of migration projects um that i've kept us really busy over the last few months Um, obviously migrating brands means uh, making sure you know all the data is in the right place and that um you know the transition is as smooth as possible um for the the customers um because you're kind of moving them from one place to another essentially um they have been yeah, cool. P- kept us pretty busy um, yeah. because we just need to make sure that, you know, everything works as it should uh, make sure that, you know, we're f- putting the things in place that we need to to ensure that um, retention is. Um, Doesn't drop off in that they kind of yeah have that seamless um, experience when you know coming back to um, you know the brand uh, where it is now compared to where it was before, Um, and just yeah basically like now that the those migrations are complete, we're just working on making sure um, that we're you know focusing on loyalty and um reactivation and stuff um and you know the customer experience really just making sure that you know we're like warming up those those players um and making sure that they stay loyal to the brand as they were uh, pre-migration
0: and and do you work do do you work with a team on that under you or are you are you very hands-on in your role with that like obviously you've got product side of the house that would be working on front-end stuff as well, I'm sure, um, and kind of back-end integrations. But for you, is there a team of CRM um, marketers that sit under you that help keep that bau ticking over and you build out your strategies that you know work
1: yeah definitely um so i have a team um of seven um who have all been pretty hands-on um with this project and then we've got some who are looking after the bau side of things um while we're more focused on migrations um and yeah we are we're very we are pretty hands-on as a crm team um to be honest um we get quite we you know manage the game content as well yeah um, and you know, sort of in charge of what's showing on the front end. Um that's all sitting with us as well at the moment. Um so yeah, really hands on in making, you know, in terms of testing, making sure that things are working, um, setting up and testing in the back end as well. Um yeah. and yeah, kind of juggling those different systems and making sure that everything works as it should be, spotting problems early. Um yeah, it's obviously like you say, this pro these kind of projects do involve pretty much every department um and making sure that all the areas um, are covered of what needs to be working correctly, um, but yeah, we're certainly very hands-on um, as a team um, uh, in terms of both front end and communications and back end.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's super interesting too that you guys have got um, a real incentive, or, or sorry, a real ownership of, of your user experience on your on your front end and and the games that are that are flowing through there. I think that is maybe probably a little bit atypical within the industry. You might see CRM teams being a little bit more siloed into the, the the front ends and the games that are getting put onto the casino sites and the bingo sites. Do you find that gives you a way better understanding of the players' engagement with the brands that you're working with, and is that helping inform the decisions you're making around the type of offers and the type of promotions that you guys are using to push to push more play? I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's very beneficial for us because um, being aware of you know the games that are working best and in top positions um, on our lobbies um, feeds into the promotion planning process yeah. as well. Um, I find, like you say, I think there's like big bigger companies probably have um their specific areas and their silos but we find it beneficial definitely um as a team um to be managing both sides you know we can take things into um you know Factor things into our decisions um, with everything that we're doing, based on you know both sides of things, like what's going on on site and the customer yeah. journey over there, and what games are being played compared to you know what's who's what's making them convert um, onto the site. From in terms of the player communications, and it all feeds into each other. Like what's you know what's the top get p- performing game um, this week? Has this new game that's come out performed well in the last week? Yeah, yeah. and then also considering costs as well like in terms of like game royalties and promotion Ocean spend so it all feeds into our decision making um as a as a retention team um and yeah i think it's uh, really beneficial and it's good for us because um you know we're just getting getting into the other areas and just building on our building on our knowledge by doing it that way and um, so it works for us for sure
0: yeah cool and i like that theme of the like the promotion strategy and the way that you guys think about it i think as end users we can go on and Maybe knowing that things aren't super random, but you can kind of see um, brands that aren't being super personalised, and things are just quite random in what's getting presented to you. Um, how do you see that from a like a practical or a, or a tactical standpoint when you're sitting there looking at mapping out these types of user journeys? Like, what's foremost in your mind is it a mix of commercial realities on the back end for you guys, or is it? you know, what's most important for the player and getting a good experience. How do you balance those kind of two competing interests, I guess? Difficultly, I imagine.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, you said the right word. Balance is key and um, it's always something that we strive for um, because user experience is so important like and definitely um will be a continued focus for us um as we build on our product this year making sure that the customer experience is seamless um, and enjoyable for the player as possible and that starts from you know our campaigns um you know whether email sms um yeah. campaigns um and you know giving them something that they want based on the data that we have and that we've seen um in our reports um you know promoting kind of you know the most popular games or maybe a new game that is a similar theme and going from there um, and converting them onto the site and making sure that they can navigate to that game or that promotion um easily and you know not come on any stumbling blocks that is certainly um has to be at the forefront of our mind um and that's what we're considering when we're creating our crm journeys yeah Um, but yeah commercial as well because um it's you know important we want to see good rois and you know we have to factor in that you know game royalties and things like that and promotional budget um and certainly when we're doing our analysis um on you know promotions that we've ran we're looking at both things like the take up um how you know how the can what how many people converted um and we're also looking at the roi and also the player value the deposit value see you know did this um particular promotion drive more deposits than another one um so yeah so sort of going back to the original question i think it's it is balanced for us trying yeah. to find both, and we don't stick to like we don't you know go stick to one over the other really um yeah. we try we try and get it right on both sides so um yeah always do, do, testing reviewing improving where we can
0: yeah, I love that iteration. Do, do you guys sit closely to your acquisition function? Is that part of your remit as the CRM team or are you kind of – I imagine you're working very close with them, um, but converting those acquired customers. And we know in the space that, you know, the cost of affiliation, the cost of landing a new player onto a website just seems to continually climb and particularly in certain markets um, and, and creating market share is so difficult. Um, yeah. do, you, do you sit very closely on that decision-making process or is it something that you support in different ways?
1: Um, just definitely, I would say it's something that we support um particularly for um brands that we own so obviously I have an acquisition team in house so it's easier to like you know align with what they're doing uh, yeah. and try and you know make sure that there's um promotions or site content on there that resonates with what the player has seen um in you know the acquisition marketing um So, yes, for our house brands, we definitely have those conversations and try and align that way. Um, And then, obviously, we have um, a lot of partners who do their own acquisition. Um, So, we don't always know exactly what they're doing, but um, we certainly do keep an eye on sort of the key KPIs. Um, So, registration to deposit, making sure that 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 conversion amount is, you know – What's um, you know achieving what the partner would expect to see, um, and yeah, kind of just making sure that we've got everything in place from a retention perspective to um, make sh- keep their players coming back to us, um, you know, playing in their second in their second month after their first deposit their third month and just trying to build that loyalty um so that once you know they've played for a few months with us they're more likely to come back more regularly um so whilst we don't always know what every brand we look after is doing acquisition wise we're as soon as we're getting you know new players in first time positives we're all over them from that They're, they're with us from that point basically and it's our responsibility to um make sure that they play and engage with the brand
0: yeah, I, I think you can see that with the brands that have that full um, that full brand ownership of that. What you're seeing from an acquisition point of view, from TV ads all the way down to um, when you first land on a website, having that brand story is so important. I think for the ones that are successful, um, which then makes your life as a CRM manager probably a fair bit easier to resonate with that if you've got a clear strategy. Um, I want to I want to dig into something that you talked about earlier there around friction um, and frictionless, frictionless, I can't even say that word, making a frictionless experience for the user. Do you have some, like, if, if you're listening as a, as a CRM manager or a CRM exec, right, what are the quick wins that you've seen in your career where you can go, right, This is an obvious drop-off point that brands are missing or ones that we can go in and fix quickly. Um, Are there some tools and tips that you could give in that space around, you know, some core ones in your flows that you see constantly um, being either a challenge or an opportunity to maybe improve?
1: Yes. So in terms of the friction, I guess the biggest drop-off you find is um, after the first deposit. um, People come on and try um, once and then they're typically – can be well, the, the harder ones to get back. Um, so I think it's all about reacting quite quickly um, after that first deposit. sure. Um, oh, thank you. We're so, um, so happy to have you playing with us. And... Um, offering enhancements and then putting them into um an ftd journey that then you know if they're not engaging straight after their first deposit gives them maybe an enhanced offer Um, and is also talking to them about um features that they might have missed on the site um, that will interest them so i guess my main quick win um would be sort of the reaction, like to react um, as soon as someone has, you know, put the trust in their brand to make that first deposit with us for sure.
0: And and this will sound like a shameless plug, but um, having tools that can react in real time to players obviously is hugely important for teams like you. Um, We see so much success from brands, particularly in the casino space and the bingo space where they can talk to people in situ on the websites um, or within the apps while people are playing. Um, particularly on their first time, and recognising that. But if you miss that 30-40 minute window where someone has invested their first-time deposit, they've come through your, you know, their your, your acquisition channels, and they're like, "We'll give this one, a, we'll give this brand a go." And I'm not sure if you miss that opportunity to get that information or that experience. Not just a bonus. I think is so important. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 an interesting one, and I think brands can really learn from that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's um, definitely an interesting point, what you said, and um, interesting about apps, because apps is something that we're um, going into more as well. We've got a few apps yeah. for our brands. Um, so it's the same thing, like, using yeah, the Extreme Push platform, push notifications. So um, as soon as you get someone who's downloaded the app, um, welcoming them onto it via a push notification and, you know, reacting to them, um, either registering, depositing via the app straight away, um, via those pushes and messaging. So, yeah, that's um, something that we've been working a lot over in the last few months as well, as we've got, um, you know, a couple of new apps on our brands. So that's been an interesting one for us. Yeah.
0: Very cool. And I think one of the key key challenges is for brands to get kind of out of the bonus spiral. That that seems to be um, where people chase first-time deposit bonuses and continual bonusing to the point that it becomes, you know, you're yeah. becoming negligible on your lifetime value. Um, you guys are running some cool stuff around uh, big giveaways and promotions as, as a way to – differentiate in that type of space like do you want to give us a bit of insight into that
1: yeah definitely so um we've run um quite a few giveaways um in the last few months and um, so we did a big one around christmas time um and we did one in january as well um and these seem to work really well for well for us they're basically prize-based yeah. uh prize-based giveaway draws um randomly selected um winners essentially um and we've been mostly the last few ones have been mostly cash prizes at different tiered amounts um (laughs) and but we are looking into and have done before um ones with tangible prizes as well so amazon vouchers and yeah um, an iPhone in the past and that kind of thing um, so yeah these have worked really well for us um, it seems to keep people coming back um, and basically just drives the overall um, returning player numbers and our actives that we have on the site, yeah. um, January got um, like pretty like really good player numbers for, for a January for sure because um, obviously typically January um, can be quieter and more challenging, uh, post Christmas people are saving their pennies um so to see to see the reaction to it in January has um, yeah been really encouraging for us um, and we know that now that these kind of things work, um, it's a nice message to push throughout the month. like you could win um, something. Yeah. And there's not too much in terms of stakes to be involved in these kind of promotions if we're doing it randomly selected um, as winners. And it's exciting content for us to put around into our marketing as well. In you know, obviously our emails, our SMSs, our retention stuff, also to give to the acquisition teams and the partners um, so that they can shout about it as well. Um, And it just seems to drive that more frequency in terms of gameplay and people come on more often so yeah it works really well for for us Um, and we're going to be looking into running quite a few more I think this year um, around different prizes and maybe making them more interactive as well if we can Um, so that's yeah
0: in the plans. I I think that tangible piece is really interesting too it's something that I'm, I'm picking up in talks in the market that to break to break bonus loops, things like this, where you're running competitions that are not necessarily based on, um, you know, they're they're based on either a randomness or a, or a selection. So you're building a word of mouth through the community that, oh, this is really cool. I've played this one and I managed to win a jack. Like I got given a jackpot just because I played a couple of times. Um, yeah, the tangible thing is interesting because being an Australian and growing up in in pubs and clubs in Australia, seeing. The old school, uh, you know, glass cabinet with the loyalty rewards when you hit a thousand points because you've been in, you know, even if it's um, eating a meal or if you're playing the pokies, for instance, in Australia or betting at the TAB, um, mm-hmm. you go up to the cabinet and you choose. Yeah, I want that MP3 player or whatever it was. I think there's a real opportunity for brands to look into the tangible market um, and partner with some cool things there with guys like Amazon, um, where you're selecting, you're selecting products instantly as your reward rather than a monetary value, and I think. That'll be interesting as it plays out through 23 with market conditions. I suspect people people will get more yeah. benefit from that. Um, and then the brand recognition helps, I suspect. It will help brands in the long run. Um,
1: Definitely. And it's good because there's quite a few things you can do, especially with vouchers, which yeah. makes it – Obviously, easier to um, deliver as well. But you can theme all sorts of different kind of vouchers or gift cards or whatever, um, you know, around different types of promotions. So obviously, you know, if you're doing a summer giveaway, maybe you want to give vouchers for a holiday or that kind of thing. Um, So there's a lot to go at. I think um, as well in terms of what prizes that you want to give out um, in your giveaways. And obviously we, we include the cash element in it still. um, Because A lot of of players do like to have the cash (laughs) in their accounts. Um, But in terms of marketing materials, yeah. um, Prizes are are great to utilize.
0: And um, I, I want to get into, so talking about your players, um, you as a CRM team, you're probably closer to your players than anyone else in your business, right? Uh, maybe there'll probably be arguments from different people within the business, I'm sure, about who's closest. Um, maybe the devs right in the back end. Um, but when you're looking at data with your players, like what what types of data points are you really trying to dig in to understand players? Do you look predominantly at what they're either playing or their actions maybe within a website or an app um, rather than their demographics. Like what are the really important pieces to pull out um, for you guys?
1: Yeah, for us, definitely the way the behaviour on the site um, and trying to understand um, how many, what day this player plays, how many times a week, um, and also looking at payment methods and things like that okay. um, as yeah. well. We work with the payments team because um, that's kind of an important part of the product is you know the payment methods and how they deposit. Um, and yes, games for sure. Um, pulling game reports and seeing um, what are the most popular slots. Um, and is this this particular player, are they a table player or are they a slots player? Okay, which table games are they playing if it's those ones? Um, And then using that information um, is when you can start to maybe... um, think about the commercial aspect um and yeah. see if we can cross sell them on to a game that is cheaper in royalties for us so if this yeah. person likes a table game is there another one that they, they can play which um might be more co- commercially viable for us um so again it's going as we discussed before going back into that um using that d- player information and trying to find the balance of um implementing um strategies and thing and promotions that the players like whilst um Trying to cross sell to um, you know help us commercially as well.
0: Yeah, and in your six years as a vet within the industry, and genuinely, I like I think that's quite impressive. Like how quick because the industry moves quick. It feels like you know if you're in for six months, then you've done a pretty good slog. I think. Have you have you found that it's you're starting to use tools and partners that are taking away the manual? you know, the manual lookup of data and the manual kind of figuring out of these strategies to help you get to the holy grail of, I imagine, kind of automation around doing predictions, around doing kind of, you know, things in an automatic way at scale so that you can target these cohorts. Like, is that something that you've you've seen really evolve in a good way? Um, do you think it's got further to go? Are you looking at partners to help you with that type of stuff? Um, yeah. That would be an interesting kind of topic.
1: Yeah, definitely. We have um, a, a partner that we're working with um, on AI and that machine learning. Um, so we're def uh, we're building more into that. Um, we've been operating with them in the UK market, and um, and we're using them for int- uh, the international market as well. Um, and they are going to be uh, this kind of um AI and automation is going to be key for us um this year um as we build more and more out um into different um geographics um because yeah there's like geographics is um a key one for us um at the moment because you know a player from Canada is not the same as you know a player from Chile um so you need these tools right you need um you know automation to help with efficiency um and then there's the ai the machine learning um that will work to um deliver um a promotion or a message to that particular player uh, yeah. that is suited to them
0: yeah and i, I think i, I was going to jump in there the um the you know delivering a message that's suited to them and i find the geo stuff really interesting particularly for the casino right um you can have someone that might be from Chile, but have exactly the same um, you know, the same propensity and the same data points as someone from Canada. But if mm. you're not quite recognising that there is one little difference in there, that you might be delivering a different experience that's not resonating. Um, so if you're lumping that into a traditional data point of it's person plays X game, they've deposited like this, they use the same payment system, but you forget to look at that demographic pit as well, then you might be missing a trick within your retention screens as well hard yeah. to do at scale but the more that brands are coming in and starting to look at this and understand that i think it's making that uh interesting and localization definitely seems to be a massive theme at the moment i think that's going around um, exactly. for, for the operators that are winning
1: Yeah, yeah. No, there's there's a lot to consider, isn't there, when you think about one one player and all the data behind them. Um, So that's exactly where um, these tools um, help us because um, we want to make sure that, you know, we're delivering an enjoyable experience for all our players, wherever they are in the world, and hitting, you know, targeting them at the right time. Um, And this all definitely can't be done manually. So, yeah, Yeah. automation tools and artificial um, AI and things like that are um, key to, for helping with this.
0: While, while we're on tools, um, let, I want to take this back away from brand and take it more to Rebecca here as a CRM, um, head of CRM, right? How mm. many tools are you guys using at Grace day to day? Like, Are you are your groups specialized in certain areas? Have you got generalists? Like, Are you going into three or four key ones each day to do it, like your BI tools, your CRM tools, whatever it might be? Like, do you find that hard to manage at the moment? Like, are you seeing lots of tools or is it starting to consolidate a little bit?
1: Yes, I think day-to-day, um, we use three tools, four, actually, probably. Um, so, yeah, there are different tools that are doing different things. Um, you've got your, your back-end tools and then expert push, of course, which is their <laughs> um, journeys and our player player communications um, and then the, um, the, the automation, the AI tool, um, and then um, reporting as well. Um, so, yes, we... Yeah, have various tools that are working across at the moment. Um, of course, that kind of does come with, you know, challenges to make sure yeah. that, um, you know, we're looking at the right things in all the different tools and trying to bring the information together. Um, I think a lot of companies um, and a lot of CRM teams have the same thing have the sort of the similar um setups where they're using multiple tools so it's trying to um make sure that the training and the team is like efficient as well and good and you know trying to make sure that everyone knows what they should be looking for and what they should be doing with each tool and trying to bring you know integrate them and bring them together in reporting and yes there's certainly um elements that you know mean that there's time spent being pulled pulling data yeah. information together um, so yeah it definitely a
0: bit of an overview there for you in terms of no, the data. I, I think that's super useful and, and the skills that a CRM executive for instance that's coming into your team um, are you looking for um, hard skills around being able to conceptualize data and be able to look at flows and understand branding and understand you know how to do that is that more important to you than someone coming in and going oh i'm an expert on salesforce marketing cloud or whatever it might be that you you're potentially using um do you find that that's the type of skill set that you're looking for as much as as much as the ability to actually be technical and go in and build a campaign
1: yeah definitely it's um it's an interesting it's a fun. But, yeah, hopefully they find it fun and um, jobs for people, <laughs> people people joining our CRM team because you do need to be ideally um, analytical and yeah. creative if possible. Um, it requires both um, being in CRM, um, so obviously- which is a
0: hard which is a hard mix to get yeah. on the when you look at the Venn diagrams, right? <laughs> like they're usually on the opposite sides, I think uh, yeah, when you do exactly. those tests.
1: Yeah it's not easy to find people that can do both um and I guess in terms of reporting and stuff um there's training available right so you can train someone to do reports and become analytical um, there's you know you'll get people who are stronger on one side than the other and then the other one you can kind of um coach them and you know like Build it into them through experience, which is I think is um, definitely what we do. Because um, yeah, it's it's certainly a, a challenge. I'm sure not just for um, my CRM team, but all CRM teams trying yeah. to find that balance of being creative, um, so that you are trying you know trying out new and fun campaigns, but also analytical to you know go back to them, um, report on them, and see if it's worked, if it's been a commercial success, and if it's um, engaged the players that you wanted in the way you wanted it to.
0: And do you have um, good backing to do that testing and iteration for both success? And I'm sure that you guys, and you don't have, you won't have to be jumping up and down about these ones, but I'm sure there are failures along the way that help learn and help you guys kind of iterate. Have you got, you've got strong backing within your business to be able to do that, to help deliver an experience? Like, is that important?
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, we need to make sure that we make, um, you know, the right amount of time uh, for us in terms of testing, always testing new things. Like, always, you should always want to learn, um, you know, never think of yourself as an expert because things are always um, changing and there's always ways that we can develop and improve and try new things. You you know, you get ideas from competitors and whatnot. Um, So, yeah, I think as a business that's important to us that everyone's sort of um, humble in that way um, and giving themselves time to test. And, you know, if we get something wrong, when we get something wrong, um, learn from it. And, um, you know, you can apply it for future knowledge. It's you know almost a good thing obviously we like you know as long as no major disasters but <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah full we'll back and collapse maybe not so much but um yeah, yeah. Or payment systems failure maybe not so much but
1: um yeah yeah but no failing is always good because you can learn from it right i think yeah. you know plenty of people say that that failure is not really a failure it's uh
0: it's, yeah. you know can be used to learn and build for the future you talked about learning off competitors there and, and and learning from the industry. We've just come off the back of ICE um, uh, in London, massive event. Um, what do you guys uh, take from events like that and from the industry um, in general? Like, what are your predictions potentially to get in the casino and bingo space? Like, you're seeing new and innovative game operators. You're seeing free to play coming up. Um, I was really interested to see. Well, for, well my perspective I might I might have been wrong and missed the room um, while I was at ice a lot less people talking about kind of Bitcoin casinos and crypto casinos I think than than previous years um, for yeah. obvious reasons within that market like what are the trends that um, you guys at Grace are looking at um, moving into 2023
1: 20, and 24 and beyond yeah no I, I know what you mean about the Bitcoin one that seems good yeah.
0: Bigger last year, didn't it? That was all uh, the buzz, wasn't it? Every every table was like, oh, um, you know, something, payments with Bitcoin, starting a Bitcoin Casino, and all this, but I didn't see any of that at ICE this year. So very interesting.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I think the one for us is. Um, gamification and um, yep. looking for you know other operators or um providers of um gamified things like you know spinning wheels and interactive oh, yeah. landing pages and that kind of thing um that's a big one for us we're trying to look out for what's out there and get ideas because it's something i think we'd love to um do more of um on our network and that gamification. Um, So when we go to things like ICE, we're always looking out for that. Um, Another one, um, again, is um, prizes and stuff. Um, So obviously we spoke about the giveaways. So any kind of um, third-party provider that can help us um, in terms of, you know, with our giveaways and prizes. I think there's a few um, good companies there um, who offered services around that um, and, you know, I like how they can help deliver said prizes and whatnot, and you know, integrate it with your promotions that way. Yeah. Um So yeah, it's all about exciting um, stuff for the players, really engaging content. Um, what makes what would make us stand out from you know other operators um and just trying to make it so that the players could have a bit of fun with it um it's yeah. you know obviously our sites uh, casinos are there for entertainment purposes um so we want to just continue to build on that i think and that's what we're looking for when we go to events like ice
0: we've covered a lot of ground today rebecca um really great to have you on the podcast experts in the room Um, I think there's some excellent tidbits there from both being a um, head of CRM and and working in that space and working as a CRM um, executive, but also some practical tooling tooling tips and kind of workflows and things that brands should be looking out for. Um, So we wish you guys at Grace all the best for 2023. Thanks for joining us today. Um, I hope you got as much out of it as we did, uh, but we certainly enjoyed having you on.
1: Brilliant. Thanks so much for having me on. It's been great.
0: Awesome.